0: I love Super Bowl Sunday night. You get people in here that don't want to be accused of being a backslider. (laughs) So it's good to see you here tonight. Thank you for being faithful. Don't let the world control your church schedule. Go with me please to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. In all seriousness, thank you for being here tonight. We had a good service this morning Amen. Luke chapter 5 we'll continue our series believe to see which is our theme for 2020 it's drawn from psalm 27:13 which reads i had fainted unless i had believed to see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living if you ever forget just look on the back wall not now ben <laughs> good night God bless you, brother. (laughs) (laughs) We must believe to see before we will see the goodness of the Lord. Faith causes us to see what is not visible by the natural eye. And faith moves us into action. We are moving toward two Sunday morning services. And I'm trying to get all of us to see that God wants to do more through us. He wants us to reach more souls for Christ, but we have to believe to see. I'm not sure that tonight's text is the best example, but it makes sense to me. So stay with me as I make application from Luke chapter 5, and we'll begin by reading verses 1 through 11. And let down your nets for a draft. Now, I have always pronounced that draught. But I actually went to look at the pronunciation because I heard a preacher say draft. And it's actually pronounced draft. I didn't know that. Was anybody else a hillbilly like me and thought it was draught? I I knew Tennessee did. I didn't know about the rest of you. Um, Apparently, it's the British spelling for draft. That's free, folks. You, You don't get that at the other church. (laughs) What's the other church? I don't know. Verse 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake. They beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draft of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Now, I sure wouldn't mind having the scenario of verse 1. Imagine people pressing upon you just to hear the word of God. In some respects, we have seen this, or else we would not be talking about expanding our ability to reach more people. God has been very good to us in that He has pressed people upon us. We need to do more in our outreach, that's for sure. But God has been very good in bringing people our way. But I'm not so much interested in Jesus' preaching to the multitude here, but what He said to the fishermen after He was done preaching to the multitude. We know from this account and other gospel accounts that there are at least four men present There's only three mentioned here. But when you compare accounts, there's two sets of brothers. There's Peter and Andrew, and then James with his brother John. And notice in verse 2, by way of application, that these men are content to have caught nothing. They had labored all night, but they have no fish. Now they're washing their nets, they're going to store them, which means they're done. They saw no need to make any further attempts, at catching any more fish or any fish. And sometimes this is how churches can get. They labor in the same fashion year after year, but without any results to show for it. And we should be praying for people to be saved and the baptistry waters to be stirred. Amen. And we can labor year after year and not really see a whole lot happen. Some churches at the end of the service, the The boats are on the shore, they're cleaning their nets, they're stowing them away until the next time that they assemble together. And we'll try it again. But I want to ask you tonight, why were their nets empty? Why are their nets empty? Verse 5 says, they told all the night, but took nothing. What were they lacking that caused them to end their shift With nothing to show for it. These were skilled fishermen. They had all the tools necessary for a successful enterprise. They were experienced fishermen. They had calluses on their hands to prove they had brought that net in many times. This was their trade, this was their livelihood. They knew how to fish. They had a work ethic. They told, which means they labored until they were weary. They also persisted in the work. They worked all night long. And did you notice that their lack of a catch wasn't because there was a lack of fish? Before it's over, they bring in a multitude of fish. So what was it that caused them to not see any success? There were fish in the water. They had the skill set. They had the tools. They had the experience. They had the necessary work ethic. So what was their problem? Well, don't miss this. They had done all of those things without the presence of Christ. There was no power in their own means, in their own strategy, in their own knowledge, in their own strength. They were not successful themselves because they lacked the presence of Christ. Jesus said, for without me you can do nothing. But The Bible also says that through Christ we can do all things. With Christ they would be Blessed all they would have to do is follow His commands and then they could see the blessing of God. Because where Christ is, there is always success. Because there we find God's will being executed. So here's these men. They've labored all night with no catch. And if all we do is have church without Christ's presence, then we can labor weak After week, and still expect to catch nothing. We can have all the right things, just like these men had. But what makes the difference is Christ. Now, this is not a prideful statement that I'm about to make. But our church has the skill set. Would you agree with that? We have all the tools necessary to have a quote-unquote successful church. We have preachers, we have singers, we have musicians, and we have servants. We even have experience. We have some that have been here for 40 years the whole time. Some that have been here for 30 years. Many have been here for 20 years. We have experience. Many have spent their life in good churches, and we have the marks to prove it. We know what we're doing. They knew how to fish. We know how to do church. Amen. We we know how to put on a good service. We can get very mechanical if we're not careful. I would say we have the work ethic. Every week there are dozens of servants in this church putting their hand to the oar and rowing their, their ministry. Dozens. Over half this church serves every week. That's amazing. Over half. We have the work ethic. We have persistence in the work. We're still here after 40 years. But we can have all of those things, and without Christ's presence, we won't haul in the fish. Why is it, why is it that some churches seem to have something that other churches don't have? And I mean Bible churches. Do you realize tonight we could take our doctrinal statement and we could line it up with some other church's doctrinal statement and they're going to be pretty similar. You with me? We're similar. And I understand we as good independent Baptists, we have our red lines in the sand. I'm not going to a church that doesn't use the King James. But that issue aside, when we think about quote-unquote Bible churches, and we take our statement of faith and their statement of faith and we look at it side by side, you know what we're going to find? We believe pretty much the same thing. We have a pastor. They have a pastor. We have special music. They have special music. They have a building. We have a building. We have a cross. They have a cross. We baptize by immersion. They baptize by immersion. We believe in salvation by Christ. They believe in salvation by Christ. So what makes the difference? What makes the difference in some churches hauling in a catch and other churches not accomplishing much at all? It's the presence of Christ. And get this, it's His people following His commands. And as I thought about that, it really is something, to me it really is something to think that a lot of the churches in the community, and I realize there are some that have a false view of salvation, I'm not including those. Please don't misunderstand me. But there are many. We're not that much different when you really just get down to it. And yet there are some churches you can walk in and you feel absolutely no presence of God. And there's other churches you can walk in and you feel the presence of God. And it amazes me that we can have the same stance, the same order, same order of service. We can have the same service times. We can have everything the same, but you can walk into one church and be blessed, and in another church and not get fed. There have been many like minded churches in Rapid City come and go over the last 40 years. And it's just astonishing. Same doctrine. Everything's the same. Some reach people, some don't. So Christ shows up. He gives the command in verse 4. Would you look at that? Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Jesus wants them to launch out, but not to stay in the shallows. He wants them to launch out into the deep. And again, I'm not going to take the time to really break all this down. I just want to make application. When we stay in the shallows, there's really not much faith needed. Even little kids will venture out into the surf of the ocean. Right there where it it comes to the sand there. Uh, Whatever I'm trying to say. That area where you can stand in it. It's a whole other thing when you get out there past the breakers. You ever done that? God doesn't want them to stay in the shallows. He wants them to go out into the deep. When we stand in the shallows, we can see the bottom. We can understand that if we fall out of the boat, we can just stand up and not drown. There's not a whole lot to it. We're close enough to shore that if something were to happen, we can quickly get back to shore. When we launch out into the deep, there's more faith involved. It's more dangerous. At some point, we no longer know how far over our heads we are, right? We become more and more reliant upon the Lord the further out we venture. And we're not getting back to the shore as quickly. Launching out in the deep can often be out of our comfort zone. Here we are as a church, we're going along in our family business, if I can put it that way. We know the routine, we are managing well enough, I suppose. We had a good crowd this morning, 179 on the count. And for February, that's tremendous. And we're going along well enough, but then all of a sudden Christ showed up and He said, launch out into the deep. And today for us, that means go to two Sunday services. And now we're faced with a decision, do we find contentment in our previous labors and expect no further haul of fish and call it good, or do we follow Christ's leading and launch out? Look at verse 5. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now Peter was the professional fisherman. There was nothing more annoying to me as a meteorologist when uh, old boy says, well, the weather channel said. (laughs) Oh, wait just a minute. I'm the professional meteorologist. (laughs) Peter was the professional fisherman and he could have explained that he was the professional and that he knew what he was doing and that he didn't need to hear any advice on how to fish. And what will keep us from seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living is if we get to the place where we think we know what we are doing and that there's nothing more we can try because when we do that, it indicates a lack of faith and belief that God doesn't want to do more with us. So if Peter's going to do this, he's going to have to believe to see the goodness of the Lord. He has to make this move with faith that Jesus just might be right. Like I said, this may not be the best example because you can sense a little bit of, well, nevertheless, at thy word. There may be some in here that are like that tonight. And and yet, he's going to have to exercise some amount of faith that the Lord just might be right on this. He's going to have to relaunch the boat. He's going to have to let down the net he just cleaned. He's going to have to Go out into the deep. He's going to have to exert more energy. He's already drained. And it would be tempting to say, Lord, can't we just try this another time? Why now? We have two options. We can give our reasons for why we're not in the mood to launch out into the deep by saying, Master, we have told all the night, we've taken nothing. I'm going home and I'm going to bed. You ever work the mid-shift and you're like, I'm going to bed. But Lord, we'll try the same old thing the next time we gather together. Can't we just try this later? Or we can say, Lord, nevertheless at Thy word, we will launch out into the deep. We'll let down our nets for a catch and we'll believe to see the goodness of the Lord. Just a quick side note here, this is also free. Jesus said, let down your nets, plural. And Peter only let down a net. I don't know if there's anything to that. It could be he was going to let down the other net afterwards. Maybe they could only let down one at a time. Maybe the catch was so big, I don't know. Just a little thing to ponder there. Notice the result of obeying Christ's command and doing things His way. Look at verses 6 and 7. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both, both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Christ showed up, and when Christ was honored through obedience, when they launched out into the deep, they experienced the greatest catch they've ever experienced. The catch was so large that their net break, And my eyes, were about to launch out into the deep, By going to two Sunday morning services. And it wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit. If the hall of souls was so large we started breaking out of this building. Amen. 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 I really want to emphasize the obvious application from verse 7. Where we see Peter and Andrew had to call to their fishing partners James and John. To come over with their boat to help load this catch of fishes. Which ended up being so large, it fills both the boats, and the boats begin to sink. And the application is simple enough. If we're going to launch out into the deep by faith, then we're going to need all hands on deck. Amen. We need full participation of able helpers. It's going to take work. And notice there that even then, they could have used more help. Right? Right? Hey, come over and help. And so they come over and help and they're loading up the fish and really they could have used another boat. Their boats are beginning to sink. And when we launch out into the deep by faith and we obey Christ's command and we do what He wants us to do, we've got to have everybody involved because it's going to take work. We always need more helpers and laborers. Always. People say, what can I do? Well, see, that's the catch. The problem is people want to do what they want to do and not where we can plug them in. Because what you may want to do may not be what God's calling you to do here in this church. I kind of covered that Wednesday night, I think. And so you just got to be willing to help where you come up to me and say, Pastor, what is it I can do? I need you to go grab a broom and go sweep the sidewalk out front of the church. Amen. See what I'm saying? No, 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 no. I wanted to go lead the teen group. Well, you're not doing that. Well, this is is wonderful. Preach it, preacher! (laughs) In verse 8, after Jesus' presence had showed up and after His commands were obeyed by faith, Simon Peter gets a real glimpse of who he was in the presence of the Lord. And when we follow the Lord by faith, no matter how much sense it makes to us or not, we learn a deeper understanding of who He is and who we are in His sight. And I want to tell you that as you move by faith, you see greater and greater things. And what was a huge step of faith back there when you were 18, now all of a sudden it doesn't look that big, does it? But as you've grown in your Christian walk, and as you've began to walk by faith all those years, and you look back, God was increasing your faith the whole time by doing bigger and bigger things. And we have to go by faith and and as we see these greater things happen, it's just going to keep increasing our faith to where if I say something outlandish like, man, it'd be nice to have ShopCo," that people would say, you know what? God's able. Instead of going, good night, that's a lot of money. It's not a lot of money to God. Not to mention, I found another building I really like, but anyway, um, anybody got five million, let me know, we're... And God just wants to increase our faith, and I'm I'm praying through this as a pastor that everyone will see that God, uh, He wants to do more. But if we just step out in faith, He'll do His part. We just have to do it. Our faith has to be tested, or else we're just nominal Christians. We see in verse nine that when they believed and followed Christ, they were astonished at the results. You know, many times we don't see astonishing results because we're not willing to believe and see and launch out into the deep. That's just the truth of it. They weren't going to see anything different by staying on the shore and in the shallows. Don't you long to see God do more? Don't you long to see God's power? Don't you long for your children to see a move of God? I want to see more of God's glory more astonishing works of the Lord. Verse 10, Jesus says, From henceforth thou shalt catch men. It's all about souls. It's all about souls. You've been hearing me say that throughout this whole time. I'm going to keep emphasizing it because if we lose sight of this, we are losing the heart of God. The main thing must remain the main thing, and that is we are here, we are organized as a church body to reach people for Christ. In verse 11, they are never the same. And I want to tell you, it's never the same after you've been with Christ. And you've learned that He will never lead you astray. It'll make you want to follow Him the rest of your life. They forsook all and they followed Him. Many don't follow the Lord because they've never launched out into the deep. They've never really gone on to follow the Lord because they've never believed to see what the blessing that God has for them out there. God wants to bless you. And what happens when people stop believing to see, they become content to secure their boats to the shore, clean their nets, and call it a day because they don't want to put forth any more effort. So church, I'm asking you to believe to see the blessing. I'm asking us to launch out into the deep. Nevertheless, at thy word. I'm asking us to launch into the deep. I don't want to stay on the sands. But I want us to get out there where it's all dependent upon God. I do believe this is what the Lord has commanded us to do. And now we have to choose to either make excuses or willingly obey. And when we let down our nets in faith, believing to see the goodness of the Lord, and when we believe by faith that Christ will lead us to the the place to draw in the most, then Jesus, get this now, then Jesus draws the fish into the net because He said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so what we have to do going forward is we have to keep preaching Christ, keep lifting him up, launch out into the deep while we're doing that, let down the nets, even though it may not make any sense. And God said, I will draw all men unto me. He'll bring them in. What a deal. And I want you to understand when Jesus is lifted up in the church... His presence shows up. His power shows up. I like what Spurgeon wrote. Let us toil till night comes, and we shall not labor in vain. He who bids us to let down the net will fill it with fishes. When he commands it, he will fill it. So let's go forward by faith. Let's launch out into the deep and believe to see what God has for us. Let's pray.